wonder what she did. We'll find out after the show. Right. Stay tuned for next week's episode to find out what Lola did. Yeah. You fed her, so she should be a happy camper. I'm thinking she might have gone to the bathroom. Ah. Uh, if the cash price goes up, if the backfield won't sprout, just one more thing and we lose our house. Welcome to the Shack Cast, episode four of the Shack Cast, the official Shack News podcast of Shack News. I'm back in Ohio with my regularly scheduled co-host David Craddock. We are live from your your playroom, your recording room, your your PC room. There's a lot going on in here. I, you know, my house is basically one giant man cave. Before yeah. we start, yeah, uh, I just want to introduce myself. I'm Asif Khan, CEO of Shack News, editor in chief of Shack News. I do some other stuff around the social media. I also am the janitor. Main, I'm the janitor. I'm the main fulfillment for our website, you know, our shackshop.com yep. for buying our stuff. And like I said, David's with me this week. He's our features editor. Really, right now, just a Quake Feature writer. editor. Right <laughs> yeah, now, Quake editor. That's right, right now, you're our, our senior Quake editor. <laughs> yeah. 14-year-old <laughs> me would be over the moon <laughs> at getting to cover Quake as much as I have in the past week. Yeah, if we got in a time machine and we just went back and we're like, hey, David, in 2017, <laughs> you're going to write a lot about Quake. And Doom. And Doom. And Doom. Oh and yeah, Doom too. That we have the Doom that feels feature. like forever ago, but it was just April. Like that's what's crazy. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because I, I, you know, I'm very anal- analytics driven, right? I look at it on our site all the time. Right. Our average session on the site was grossly affected by the launch of that because <laughs> it went from like you know a minute to like four, and then I dropped. <laughs> oh man, and then I dropped this forty thousand word feature. Yeah, it, 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 but it had a long tail to it. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it went well into the summer where we we're still riding the, the coattails of that. But I think it, now that we have another one coming out, and we're kind of making this commitment to a different style of content. Yeah, uh, than a lot of other sites are putting out. And it's not that other people aren't looking at historical gaming events or the history of games. Is I don't think many people have done this in depth of an article-based analysis. No, this sort of thing is something that I think on most sites. I don't really spend a lot of time on sites. I'm so busy writing these features. But like I, I only, you only see them pop up every once in a while. Yeah. Whereas at Shack News, you've kind of allowed me to make this my thing and, and you're diversifying the content we've talked a bit about that but like mm-hmm. i get to write these big features we have a lot of other stuff we'll be talking about like you know sure. we have a lot of guides we've been covering news stories across the spectrum of tech mm-hmm. and, and games this week this has been a pretty big week no we've had a great first week of september like, yeah. i can't you know i i took over the site in july as editorial uh, you know as editor-in-chief right and uh yeah, it feels like the work that we've been doing the past few months are like a bunch of stuff clicked, yeah. like all within a week. Like we had uh, NBA 2K tweeted out our story. Uh, they want to quote Krabs, uh, Krabs Gerard, Chris Gerard, one of our, our tech writers. <laughs> Krabs is his shack him. name. Yeah, Krabs right. Gerard is his shack name. Right. Chris Gerard is his real name. <laughs> but even his friends call him Krabs. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, so Chris's article, 
uh, they, 2K messaged me. They're like, hey, can we use this? And I was like, yes. Absolutely. Like, by, all, by, all, by all means, use Shaq News on your promo materials. Yeah. But yeah, that tweet exploded. Like We had a ton of people retweeting and tweeting at Shaq News and a ton of people who may not have known about us that were looking at us. And that was one thing that I did when I kind of came in. I was like, guys, people care about sports. My staff might not give a shit about sports. <laughs> I do not give a shit about sports. But guess what? Right. There's a ton of gamers who do. Yeah. And our Madden coverage was great. You know, I spearheaded that. You know, we had guides. We had video uh, content. I think this is especially good because last year, just from an analytics perspective, we had Pokemon Go, which carried us through the summer. And mm-hmm. even last fall, you were talking about, like, I hope there's something else that strikes big yeah. in the late summer because there's not going to be a Pokemon. There might not be a Pokemon Go for this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, our year-over-year numbers uh, have been really tough. Like, we, we grew a lot from 14 to 16. Mm-hmm. and we've had a little bit of a churn this year where like sometimes we're growing sometimes we're not year over year well we're still trying to find out we're still kind of trying to feel out an identity Mm -hmm. i think and i think we're i think we if we haven't hit it yet we're closer to the mark than we've ever been definitely and it's just like i it's i want to make things that gamers want when you look at shack i think that was the biggest criticism since we took over the site maybe even before not indicting anyone that worked at the site before i bought it but no, but I feel I mean, like the, the shack lost its identity just in general. It used to be a Quake fan site. You well, this is something that. Yeah, I mean, well, th- and this is something you've talked about, and the whole staff, uh, you know, whoever's been around at the time has talked about that. Really, we've been in transition. I think you've said we've been in transition since you took over. You've still been trying to find what works. Yeah, it's always been. My my philosophy's always been let's do more of what's working, less of what isn't. Right. And it's been analytically driven. Right. So there's been concrete reasons for why we've done the things that we've decided to do. And then there's also financial decisions. So when I looked at maybe two years ago mm-hmm. what we had at the site staff wise and we had all these people on video at the same time where video revenue was plummeting. Yeah. It didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, no, the thing that we really need to focus on is the site. Right. And articles and things that people want to read. And that was that went back to that same simple thing where we wanted to create stuff that people were searching for, stuff that people wanted to read. Right. And that's a very simple concept, but it's incredibly hard to implement. I think I think that's a two-pronged approach because you have things that people want to read now, but you also have stuff he said humbly, like like my Doom article, which is something people can come back to. I think what, you know, I published that. We published that in mid-April, and it was like in May or June when, for whatever reason, good old games retweeted, like, oh, hey, you got to check out this Doom retrospective. We got another spike of traffic. That's that's an article that people can read pretty much forever uh-huh. because it goes into classic Doom, new Doom, modding community. There's, there's nothing on that that has an expiration date. Yeah, and I, I think a site that, I, I respect a lot is Giant Bomb, and they do yeah. a really good job of their like Wikipedia sort of thing, their history, yep. their games history section that really I think Jeff maintains. Yeah, um, but at the same time, they can they can they notice strike when irons are hot. Like I think it was uh, a couple years ago, or early in 2016, when Mario Maker was a big thing. They would do those live streams of building Mario mm-hmm. levels, stuff like that. You know, yeah. that they know how to cater to long term, short term. No, goals. but even that they create there's that section of their site that's evergreen yeah you know what i mean like and it's their content is just as valuable today as it was the day it, it ran right and i think that philosophy applied to our content is really 
what we've worked on a lot. And you saw it on the video side first with what Greg was doing. You know, people like to make fun of listicles, but Greg's top 10 videos are really good. Man, I, I, have, I think Greg's top 10 videos are really good. And I think one analogy you used with me when I started last spring back at Shaq was, you know, sometimes people want Taco Bell, sometimes they want filet mignon i think listicles have their place mm -hmm. i think you know reporting on hey there's a server outage has its place just like my like book size features have their place the, the point is to try to it's interesting i mean I, I wanted to ask you a question i'll put you on the hot seat here mm -hmm. how do you how do you cater to how do you how do you divide your time your staff's time between trying to strike while a certain iron is hot like destiny 2 right now mm -hmm. versus you know thinking of long term generating long term content it's it's tough it's a week by week day by day sort of thing mm -hmm. um you know when it's slow you know because there are times of the year they're slow like right after e3 in july tends to be slow right um january after your ces tends to be slow yeah like into february usually mm -hmm. this year we had the switch launch so it was different yeah but um those those times you tend to shift more focus to hey let's do uh like what we did with uh the top 20 or 20 games that would be on a dreamcast mini yeah yeah yeah. that's something that we were talking about in general in our slack chat right uh and it just kind of i kind of threw it out there like that would be a kind of cool feature and chris jumped on it and that ended up being a really successful article for us and it happened in a time where yeah it was right before all this news came out that hit, that hit two birds with one stone because i think i wrote like 21 facts about the 21 games on the snes classic yep. which w had just been announced but it also opened the door for hey what other games would you would like to see on these miniaturized classic consoles exactly. that no one's talking about right now exactly so it's like i think that you can make you can make content like that that isn't uh, a word that I really dislike, clickbait. Yeah, I yeah. think clickbait is usually something that isn't informative that yeah. you clicked on because of the headline. Mm -hmm. It almost tricks you. Yeah, This is the opposite. We're just like, here, you're already thinking about this SNES. Here's some stuff. Right. You know, and if you look at uh, what Greg has done recently with the Did You Know content on Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, uh, thinking bigger picture, uh, Facebook and Twitter are disrupting YouTube yeah in a big way and people are making those square shaped videos right <laughs> so we've started making square shaped videos that are more it's almost like if an alien landed and never played video games in their life right here's a little fact yeah but what's funny is you see how old people are based on how they reply and some kids are like i had no idea and some adults are like, of course I know Duke Nukem was based on Army of Darkness. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like all of his catchphrases. Yep. Hail to the King and, yeah. You know, Shake It Baby. Right. Whatever. All, all of stuff. it. Yeah. You know, Give Me Some Sugar. Did right. he say Give Me Some Sugar in that game? I, I don't know, but it had. sounds like something he would say. Ash yeah. said it. I just, I know okay. a lot of the things Ash said in okay. Army of Darkness. I can't remember the overlap. Greg made a great video about it. It's on YouTube too, but. So go watch it right now. But what we see is a lot of people engaging with that stuff on Facebook and Twitter more than they do on YouTube. Whereas yeah. our YouTube content is a little longer form, more informative. Mm -hmm. Even if you're even if you're a hardcore shacker that has been on our site since ninety six, you don't you, you still have a chance of learning something. Right. You know, I think uh, you look at uh, uh, Greg's arcade corner series. He has over a hundred of those now. Yeah. And that stuff will always be useful. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to go away in value. And I think 
that's the balance because we still uh, we have a news at the end of our name so there's that we have to focus on news right but it really depends on the day to answer your question it's a tough question to answer but it's like i always have my eye on the long term but there's like this parade of crap that you have to deal with yeah to get to the where your goal is right you know and i i think that that's been the that's the challenge of managing this site Mm -hmm. um and then yeah people come and go that 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 happens you know it's been it'll be four years in a month Mm -hmm. that i became ceo wow so yeah a lot has changed in that time Mm -hmm. um and a lot will continue to change but yeah it's that's that's a huge challenge but it's at the same time you want to just do what you feel is right like it comes back to this oddly enough something that we're going to be talking about later this thing that steve jobs said Mm -hmm. that's like if you like we make the products that we want yeah i want us to make the content that we want yeah so when you guys last year when we were kicking around the idea of a doom feature i'm like yes that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. and it turned out to be awesome you know and it's like because we care yeah i think that's the key i think that's the thing in almost any creative pursuit you have you have a lot of people who say we made this game not because we set out to to win game of the year awards but because this is something we wanted to play yeah you know it's it's the same thing with esports yeah like rocket league they weren't like this is gonna be an esport they they made a game that they really cared about and they 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 polished and they made sure was fun yeah they didn't think it was going to be an esport but it was right and it's because those guys love that game yeah i just interviewed uh, one of the developers at pax uh, pax west and not without going into the things that are embargoed they made this commitment that there's not going to be a rocket league 2 wow interesting yeah i mean i i mean i guess that makes sense like i don't see a need for one at least anytime soon because they've done such a good job of extending but that's cool yeah no that's cool like because we you know this week destiny 2 launched yep right and we are looking at a game that is it's it's a new mmo it's Mm -hmm. very rare that mmos could get away with doing this sort of thing yeah you could completely say all that stuff that you were grinding for gone yeah deal with it yep um so i think hearing that from rocket league was refreshing that they're committing to this long term of rocket league and evolving it you know the game's coming to switch and i got i got to play it on switch oh that's awesome and i literally during the demo i put the switch with rocket league on it in Uh my pocket in my my hoodie and was like (laughs) oh i gotta go guys they were were very upset when i did that (laughs) but but it was worth it because i don't know i was just like i gotta get out of here i i wanted it yeah it's empowering to have that kind of game in your pocket that's one of your favorite games for like two years running for several years it's been one of my favorite games one of my go-to games one of my favorite multiplayer games and now you can play it anywhere anywhere yeah and you know maybe i'll play a season because you know i'm going to be on the plane playing these things so you're not always going to have internet but i think for people who want to practice mm-hmm. it's going to be great like rocket league does have an esports scene yep. a rather large one they're in their fourth season i think mm-hmm. so i think it's gonna be good for people to train 
I think it's gonna be good for a whole new group of people. Like I, I know you're gonna get it. A lot of people who didn't get it for other systems or their PC are gonna get it on Switch because Switch is lacking when it comes to multiplayer games. Yeah. Uh, online. I want to see more uh, online shooters. Yeah. On Switch. You know, but no, I, I mean, I think I'm going to buy that game. The the funny thing is, I want to buy games like Rocket League. By virtue of the fact that the switch is portable even though i really don't use my switch as a portable i mostly put it on the tv but it's the fact that any game i buy for switch i'll be able to take with me and play anywhere mm-hmm. and that that to me is a big selling point yeah um so yeah we kind of have shifted from talking about shack to talking about what i saw at pax west i can kind of yeah you run down you've been quite the the traveler past yeah. few weeks yeah I, when you went home from QuakeCon, mm-hmm. a day later, I flew to Seattle right. for PAX. And I just hung out in Seattle for a couple of days and just chilled. But uh, on Wednesday last week, I went to id at Xbox. ID at id. No, we've ID. been talking a lot about id software. Yeah. Yeah. ID at Xbox. Right. And uh, I also saw the Nindies presentation. They had a, it was at the Museum of Pop Culture, right okay. next to the Space Needle in seattle huh such a such a nintendo thing to do yeah that is come play our ridiculously popular console at the museum of pop culture right (laughs) and see all these indie games right yeah so i I got to try out uh steam world dig 2 i posted the the gameplay footage uh that i captured there Mm -hmm. and uh, i also got to play uh super meat boy forever are you a Super Meat Boy fan? I, I love the first game. That's right up my alley. It's a great game. Yeah. It's infuriating. Yeah. Uh, this is even more infuriating because it's a runner. So, Oh, like an endless runner? Or, or an endless. auto runner? It's an auto runner. Okay. You can't stop. Okay. And I don't in know Meat if I Boy, like that. And in Meat Boy, Super Meat Boy, you could stop and assess the insanity. Yeah, well, because you had you needed that precision, you needed time to like get the lay of the land and figure out, you know, time your jumps and all that. Exactly. So this is just like, nope. You have to basically memorize the level, and hmm. or at least know. And it, it's it's funny. It's like golf. It gets into your head, right? Yeah. So if you screw up in Meat Boy, you get mad and then you start playing it worse. Yeah. So I was seeing that happening to me, and like when you're at a, uh, you know, there's this big controversy this week with the Cuphead gameplay. Uh, that that one website posted. I think it was. It what was, was that about? Some guy posted some footage of him sucking at the tutorial in Cuphead. Oh, this happens it's like once a year. There's some big controversy where some journalist. Yeah, some journalist sucks at video games, and, and they're all terrible as yeah, a result. Yeah, I think it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if if I were to post the footage of me playing Super Meat Boy Forever in this crowded demo station at a yeah. museum of pop culture, it would suck too. Right. And it's because we're playing the games for the first time. A lot of the time, no one's ever played these games before. Some of the times, they're not even complete builds. Most of the time. Yeah. And you've got developers telling you about the game as you're playing, so yeah. you're trying to divide yeah. your attention. You're talking to someone yeah. while you're playing their game yep. in front of them. And sometimes you suck. And yeah. You know, like, it's, <laughs> to me, it's, that's no big deal. Like, no. game journalists can suck at video games. So if you're out there, guys... I feel your pain. I suck at video games too, but guess what? We love video games to the point where we dedicate our lives to covering them. Well, and here's the thing. At every games writing job where I've worked, they ask you like, hey, what type of games do you like? Because most people don't play everything. Like you might, I might dip into flight sims, but I'm terrible at them. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about sports, but I'd play a sports game, but I I wouldn't be good at it, whereas you would. 
because that's you know one of your jams yeah so. i guess i'm not that great at sports games either i kind of suck at most video games i'll readily admit that <laughs> like i i'm not uh i'm not pro like the time for me to have gone oh, pro yeah. i was like it was 16 to, to 21 that was my peak video game performance and i'm 36 now yeah so i'm like i've been out of the league for like 10 years but you, you know, know what, what I mean? there is an expectation for cash i think there was an article i don't remember which site published it but there was an article that went up this week or maybe it was a tweet, but someone in the games press was talking about one of the reasons viewers or readers get so upset when games journalists do poorly is because they've invested a lot of themselves in playing games, and so they kind of feel like it should be them, quote unquote, playing a video game, you know, playing video games for a living, which is still this misconception about what we do. Yeah, it's this attitude that you know what, I could I could do that better. Yeah, and I'm sure. A lot of people feel that way. Start a blog. Yeah. Start doing it. Well, that's the thing. Like you, you can put your Super Metroid clear times on your resume, but that might, you know, you have to write, you have to edit videos, you have to, you have to be able to produce something, not just consume yeah, video games. Exactly. Yeah. Can you capture that gameplay? Can you get it up quickly? Can you edit video? Yeah. You know, people like to talk smack to Greg. I'd love to see them try to create what he does every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, can you write? Yeah. You know, because I've seen a lot of people talk smack on Facebook, as I call Fudge Panel, uh -huh. and Twitter, uh, and they can't even insult you without an error yeah. in their sentence. Right. Either grammatical or spelling or both. Yeah. So it's like, it's just funny. Like I feel like there's a divide occurring in education that's being reflected in games journalism, and we saw it with Gamergate, and we're seeing it again. We there's flares of these from yeah. time to time where it's like these games journalists suck at video games. Well, the, I think the big one last year was Doom, right? Because whoever played Doom at Polygon, Polygon put together yeah. a, a poor video, and it's like you know what? But maybe that person wasn't a Doom fan. I don't mm -hmm. know. You know. But anyway, we're t we're talking about the the Nindy. So you played yeah. Super Meat Boy forever. Mm -hmm tough um, very hard that's the thing where i would have loved i would i'm gonna love that game yeah but i need it on my switch so i can curse in the corner by myself but yeah when i'm in this demo and i'm already just so furious at this game after like i tried to beat a several levels they're very hard right. i got like and it shows you on the bottom how far you are oh that just that's tantalizing you just so want to like, keep you're going. like oh my god i'm five percent dead yep and you're like ah and then, like, the next time you don't even make it that far. So it gets even more frustrating. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's kind of like golf. Once you have one bad hole, you take it to the next hole, and you can have a bad round. But there's also this weird push and pull. Like, well, a lot of times what happens to me, especially when I'm playing a Dark Souls game for the first time or two, where I'm doing poorly, but I want to keep playing, even though yeah. I know I should, like, take a break for five minutes and then come back to it. But you just don't want to walk away, which I guess means they did something right. They hooked it's you. It's that, you know, and I, I know people are sensitive to the word addiction, but there's an addictive property to video games. Oh, And yeah. it revolves around pissing you off. It's purposeful. It's intentional. Yeah, they're it's they're like built to hook you. Companies make their games hard at times to yeah. just make you want to beat that part. Ori in the Blind Forest, I don't know if you play it, it does a really good job of that at times. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, lots of games do, lots of platformers have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there's these moments in the game that challenge you. Yeah. And those people get stuck on them. That's why guides exist. That's why all these things happen. But mm -hmm. that's what I think makes a great game. Like I, I told them, I was like, like, you've made a fabulous game and I kind of hate it. 
<laughs> love to hate. <laughs> and they just started laughing. Yeah. You know, because, like, uh, you know, about Super Meat Boy Forever, I'm like, I hate your fabulous game or something like that. I wonder and if it's th- like, it's Cuphead's the same thing yeah, in, in, yeah, in yeah. a sense because it's a very difficult game. I, I tried to get through a couple levels. It's tough. The game's tough. It's like that's, that's why I want to play it. Harder than Mega Man tough. Like harder than Mega Man 1, Yellow Devil stage tough. I don't know, maybe no not. No elect beam pause cheat tough. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. I was like, I wonder if that's what's taken it so long. Because I, I got to play that ID at Xbox. Yeah. Um, and it, it's great. Uh, but yeah, another game I tried out was uh, Mutant Football League. Oh, yeah. I played the creator. Yeah. He was the, the Chicago, I think it's the Midway Mutants. <laughs> and I was the Leveland Burns. Yes, your team. And they're both like the two worst teams in the league. So, you know, it's 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 Doing Cleveland proud also. Right? Yeah. I lost in overtime. <laughs> That's such a Cleveland thing. No, here's how Cleveland it was. I drove it all the way to the 5-yard line. Oh, and I threw an interception. And he ran it I think 60 yards back and then the next play he threw a touchdown. Yep. That's the that's Cleveland. Cleveland. That like I totally stole defeat from the jaws of victory, yeah. just like Cleveland would have. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so yeah, I'm I gonna I have that gameplay footage. I'll have to throw it up there. But yeah, yeah I want to see that. We're gonna have to update the roster with our whatever names we want. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, the game actually is pretty good. You know, it's an arcade style. Just so everyone knows, if you if you don't come to our site and read the chatty forum, I bought. A mutant football league team i own the cleveland team they're called yeah. the leaven burns i paid five thousand dollars on kickstarter asa finally owns a cleveland team sort of i kind of have always wanted to own a cleveland sports <laughs> team so this is like the closest i've gotten yeah at one point we were trying to name it the the steamland cleavers oh it yeah, yeah all yeah. the way through the process and won it won it was not. It, there was a press release about it on their Kickstarter. Yeah, what happened there? I don't remember. They did some due diligence. They found out there, there's a band named the Steamland Cleavers, and it's also uh, it would have caused their rating to go up to M. Oh, because of Cleveland Steamers. Yeah, and, because yeah. of the connotation. Yeah, which is yeah, I understand, but come on, it's Cleveland, right? Uh, <laughs> and they have other. They have a. They have a team on it called Mile High Chronic. So I was talking to him. I'm like, so wait, you can refer to marijuana as your team name, and that's fine, but the Steamland Cleavers is the line? That and seems he's kind like, of like a subjective... Yeah. Not to not to sound like accusatory or conspiratorial, but it's a weird double standard, I guess. Very odd double standard. Yeah. And he was very apologetic about it. So I, I you know, that's why I kept... That's yeah. why I stayed with them. And I, I right. think that they, they're trying to fill a hole where NFL Blitz was left you know mm-hmm. and even the the original mutant league football for uh sega yeah you know i think it's a reimagining of that game but with a lot of nfl blitz style aspects mm-hmm. so if you like arcade football games it's gonna be really fun cool uh you know i hope i think there's some more tweaks they can make to make the gameplay a little bit better but i think for what they're gonna ask yeah that's something that's up my alley one of my dreams is to own an nfl blitz 2000 arcade cabinet oh dude yeah that game was so good yeah you know why i love that game so much tell me it was the first football game to feature the new cleveland browns because remember they had taken our team away in the oh, 90s right to the yeah Baltimore. blitz 2000 was the first game to have the browns and they weren't terrible in it 
even though in real life they went on to suck for 17 years yeah uh but yeah you know it was was great (laughs) and counting and counting and counting hey maybe we're undefeated right now oh yeah that's true zero and zero that's also a cleveland thing just like scrape and claw for the bright side yeah we're yeah. undefeated until right. we play the steelers on sunday oh, oh is that is oh man that's a big rivalry in sports i know that much just being a uh, like a, an ohio native it's sad it is a big rivalry but like they've beaten us something like 16 out of the last 17 times yeah i, I think i think uh <laughs> pennsylvanians look forward to these games for very different reasons and also than, ben, than their than quarterback Ohioans. over in pittsburgh ben roethlisberger is from ohio oh man yeah defector he, he, he's from finley he's not a defector man the browns passed on him like five times oh he was okay. drafted in the sixth round well, you gotta do what you gotta do then you know what i mean so he's just a guy who was happy yeah. to get a job and now you know I know he's gone on to do horrific things in nightclubs, but uh, mm. before that, he was just a kid from Ohio that got drafted to the Steelers, so I can't hate on him for that. No. Man, okay. that's that Ohio luck again. Took his talents to yep. Pittsburgh. But yeah, you know, oddly enough, uh, Kyrie Irving, though, you know, the, oh, they, yeah, the, they, we, we finally traded him over to to uh, Boston, right? and we got, our, we got three players in return and all that. Sorry, we're going into sports real quick, but it's gonna. I'm gonna wrap it back to the NBA thing. Okay. When NBA 2K tweeted out that article, they didn't realize that we had an image of Kyrie Irving holding a globe, which was a reference to his flat Earth uh, philosophy. So he's a flat earther. He is a flat earther. Uh, I'm kind of glad that we don't have him on our team anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sad. Hey, man, you know you have to respect people. I think one of my favorite wrestlers, AJ Styles. Is a flat earther. I love the man for his wrestling. As long as he keeps <laughs> doing that, he can believe whatever he wants. Yeah. He's an entertainer, do you think? I guess you're right. Yeah. I don't think the earth's flat. I I'm pretty sure. I've heard word that it is it is not flat. Yeah, but you gotta give them credit for thinking different, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's courage, Joseph. That is courageous. That's courage. This is a perfect segue. There you go perfect segue be courageous and, and do the segue because i i wanted to talk about next week yeah there's a big event happening next week it's the first time apple incorporated formerly apple computer incorporated right will be inviting press not shack news not modojo not gamerhub tv press you know not us though <laughs> right to steve jobs theater at apple park in cupertino this is that five, six billion dollar monstrosity that they built in Silicon Valley. And, and you were you were giving me some historical context as to why this is this is not just another annual event. No, for them, uh, Steve Jobs probably what three months before he passed away, uh, I think a month before he stepped down as CEO, mm-hmm. he went to the Cupertino Town Hall and right. he presented this design to them. I watched that video. Yeah, and he's like, "Here is this design of this." It's going to house 20,000 people under one roof. It's a perfect circle. It's, it looks like a ring. It looks like a UFO landed in Cupertino. Mm-hmm. And the they at the time, he said, we're going to have a theater there. It's going to be an auditorium. So we don't have to go up to the Moscone Center and rent out something. Mm-hmm. We have people come down to Cupertino. Well, he passed away a few months later. And at some point during the design process, they decided to name it the Steve Jobs Theater. So this is the first event that they're ever holding at the Steve Jobs Theater. And I, what I think's interesting about it 
is that a lot of people think that the Apple magic has died. Yeah. Uh, ever since Steve Jobs passed away, he he was the innovator. And they're just kind of on this almost automated path of incremental innovation, planned obsolescence, proprietary intertwining of products. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual existence of this building, I think, kind of highlights why I'm hopeful for next week. Okay. He designed it. He's dead. It wasn't finished until after he died. Right. Eight, what was it? Six years. Six years, yeah. Six years after his death. October. Yeah, he died October. 2011. Yeah. yeah. Um, so six years after his death, they're going to be showing something. Yeah. At their new headquarters. And it's very likely an iPhone event. Mm-hmm. You know? But it got me thinking. If you're going to have the first event at Steve Jobs Theater, wouldn't that be a great time to have one more thing? Yep. Other than the iPhone, other than the iPad, wouldn't it be a good time to show people off a new product? I think it would. Let's let's spitball. What what would you like it to be and what do you think it will be assuming they, you know, cuz you follow them pretty closely. Mm-hmm. So you might have an idea of what they might do, but what 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 do you think they will do? What would you like them to do? I'll You're start in the sky. My tinfoil hat, I I think I this would be my dream product from them. I want them to work on a I, I want a projector that's stereoscopic imagery that doesn't require glasses. Oh yeah, didn't they file patents for something There's like that? There's all sorts of patents for yeah. crazy projector tech from Apple. Yeah. A, a projector that would work with another device maybe, but it would be a new kind of display technology mm-hmm. that you can interact with with your hands or it could do facial recognition or stuff like that. Um I'm not sure how it would work. Uh, That's for them to figure out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's uh, there's some there's some proof of concepts that we now have. I don't know if you remember holographic Tupac at Coachella a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's uh, there's a couple other there's there's ways to do it using mirrors. So the thought I had was, wouldn't it? You know, everyone already has a TV. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if Apple made this kind of surface that goes on your coffee table that projects the image upwards? Yeah, that'd be cool. Wasn't there? Wasn't Microsoft working on something like that? I remember a prototype video of people using it to play like a D and D game. There was a surface. Yeah, they they actually call it the original surface. That was the was Microsoft a surface, surface table. Oh, surface table. Yeah, okay. they showed it at CES. I actually got to try it out, and I thought it was cool at the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we're gonna put these in restaurants. I was like, okay. Um, they never did. And that technology, that proof of con- I think that might have been 2007. Yeah, that was it was a while ago. Um, and they were sh- it was multi-touch, and it was a table mm-hmm. that ended up moving towards their Surface Tablet division. All that tech that they were doing. And if you go back and you there's a there's a video that Wall Street Journal put out earlier this year on the 10, 10 year anniversary of the iPhone, where they're all talking about the first proof of concept of Apple of multi-touch. They had a they put a projector in the ceiling shot it down at a table and it was like mac os with touch and that was their early huh. early early models in the early 2000s like probably like 2004 okay they had that prototype running wow. so I'm like they've been working on specialty pro uh, projectors for a while now so i feel like that's one thing like it would be very apple of them to enter the tv space right to create a display without having a screen yeah 
that would be kind of cool yeah that would be cool that would be my dream product for them mm-hmm. now i don't know if it's possible i don't know if it would cost too much i've talked to a lot of tech companies about this but holographics are something that i think we will see in our lifetime i just don't know when i don't know what the fidelity will be but that's in my dream world we see that tuesday or whatever on the 12th yeah realistically i want them to do something in ar i want them to show people that head-mounted displays are not really what people want and instead perhaps it's point of view capture and i wrote about this in that article yeah uh i have those snapchat spectacles uh thanks to romsteady actually he hooked me up okay uh he he saw one in a they they only sell them in like specific places. Like we couldn't go out in Ohio and buy them. Yeah, because we're not cool. Yes, but Romstead, uh, a friend of the site. Yeah, friend of the site, friend of Shack News. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's actually hosting a, a game jam for Shack News. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll link it in this article. Uh, but yeah, so point of view capture. Those things are goofy as hell. They look horrible. They're sunglasses. Yeah. I don't even think people need glasses. But if you look at a GoPro, mm-hmm. the success they had with mounting a camera to your head, there's AR applications that could be used for point of view capture. Yeah. So it's like, perhaps I don't need the display of my augmented reality to be right in front of my face. But I want to have an augmented reality capture that's based on what I'm looking at. And then I could just look down at my phone and it would show me information in the world. So what I'm talking about is a companion device yeah. for the iPhone, much like the Apple Watch, which is a companion device for the iPhone. Right. That would help with point of view capture. They could maybe have some sensor technology in it that would be able to detect proximity or temperature or something. You know, they they bought a uh, Prime Sense for three hundred million dollars like five years ago mm-hmm. and have done nothing with it. Yeah. And that's the technology in the Connect, the original Connect. So that gesture-based technology, yeah, we have yet to see uh, the face recognition technology. There's tons of rumors that the iPhone itself will have new sensor technology. They'll be able to unlock your phone with your face as opposed to your thumbprint. Uh, so there's all sorts of rumors around the iPhone itself being the sensor thing, but I think it would be very Apple of them to be like, no, here's like a headphone with cameras on it or sensors on it so do you think this is something they would ship with the iphone or do you buy it separately oh you would buy it separately yeah that's it would be much like the apple watch right where it's like here's a separate product it only works with iphone you know iphone 8 it may maybe it only works with the iphone 8 and up yeah something like that i think that's more likely uh there aren't many patents for that apple has filed some patents for glasses based ar um but i think the problem with ar with what microsoft's vision of ar is right now Mm -hmm. and even oculus and the vr headsets they're putting a screen in our face yeah yeah that inherently makes you look and feel different Mm -hmm. if you just have like a good looking pair of headphones that capture something for you that you even if you don't care about ar if you just want to capture stuff from your point of view Really, your only options right now are the Snapchat spectacles and GoPros and GoPro knockoffs. Right. And those all look goofy. Like, not many people want to wear helmets with cameras attached to them. No. But everyone would wear headphones 
with a camera attachment. And and everyone has an iPhone. <laughs> everyone already has an iPhone. Yeah. So I feel like that's the uh, to me that's the the more obvious thing they could do, especially because they spent so much time at WWDC talking about AR kit. You know, didn't uh, I think Tim Cook shortly after Pokemon Go just exploded last year? It might have been at the September event last year, which mm-hmm. was two months after Pokemon Go. He said, like, yes, AR is definitely something we're yeah. interested in. It is an area of intense interest, as he likes is that, to is say. That the, oh, okay. Yeah, that's his, that's his frequent buzzword. <laughs> but, yeah, another thing, television. That was something that Steve Jobs was working on when he died. And Apple TV has never lived up to the same level of Apple products. I was going to ask you about this because I think uh, I think my wife and I have a, like a generation two Apple TV, mm-hmm. and it's fine. But Apple TV is it almost, and I'm more of a casual Apple user. But to me, it's almost like I hear buzz about iPhone and iPad, and of course, you know, their notebooks. But Apple TV seems to be in almost this iPod situation where it's just kind of receded into the background. It's there. But I haven't heard a lot about it. Yeah. Well, at least they still make them. Yeah. The thing that receded into the background for eternity is Mac Mini, which oh. might have been their greatest computer they ever built. That's a really nice looking computer. $500 for a little Mac Mini? Yeah. That was awesome. Yep. That was an affordable Mac. Yeah. <laughs> which is not, yeah, that yeah. might have been and the I only know people one. People are running servers off of them, all yeah. sorts of things. They were really useful computers that they have not updated in forever. Why? Because they were focused on Apple TV. Because uh, Mac people were plugging Mac Minis into their TVs. That's what I, I was doing. I guess Apple TV. Now that I think about it, is like a small, an even smaller form factor Mac Mini without Mac OS, though. Yeah, without Mac OS. So yeah. they have to they curate that. And what what's going on across? It's not just Apple TV. It's Roku. It's Google Chromecast. It's Amazon Fire. Whatever set top box you want to talk about, it's an app explosion. Now, now everyone wants to, NBC has their app. You know, yeah, it's not as user friendly as television. No. I can't surf on a stupid set top box. Yeah, that experience is not as good as TV. That's bullshit. It's 2017. I know. Why don't we have a better television user experience? Yeah, that seems to be across the board, even on consoles. You know, I, yeah. I, don't, I haven't had cable for 10 years now. I cut the cord very early, but I did it more to save money. And less because it was, you know, the user experience was smooth. Yeah, I thought the user experience on television, being able to surf 500 channels on a stupid cable box, not saying that I like cable box UI at all, but I'm just saying up, down, left, right actually works better on on a, on a television with just plugged into a, a satellite dish or something yeah. than it does. Like if I'm watching something on Netflix and I want to flip to Hulu, on any of these devices, how many button presses does it take, and how long does it take in between things? Well, that makes me think. Like, I think one of the keys that made television uh, UI so easy to use was the remotes. The remotes were clearly, you know, television remotes are built for television. Yeah. Uh, one of the last um, providers I subscribed to was Dish TV, and what I hated about their UI was even though it was clear, it was clunky and slow. Mm-hmm. But I could on the remote, I just hit guide to bring it up. It was one button press, and then I used arrows to navigate, enter to load a channel. Yeah, it was that easy. Yeah, and I feel like Apple took a step back with their controller, uh, the the new one that has a touchpad on the top of it. And but yeah, the moment that whenever any of these UIs asks me to type with a directional pad, uh, I instantly am like, no, 
Yep. It's 2017. I shouldn't have to do this. And Apple's nice enough to make the Apple remote app for iPhone, and it works with App- Apple TV. So one thing I always do when I want to play a video on the Apple TV, I usually end up just uh, using AirPlay to stream my phone to the TV. And Amy's always asking me, like, why don't you just use the Apple TV? And I said, because I'm going to end up typing, typing on my phone anyway. Yeah. You know, I do that too. I, I I prefer browsing YouTube on my phone. Yeah, to and browsing it on Apple TV. Then I'll throw the video. Because I can search faster on my phone. Yeah, and then yeah, you just AirPlay, which AirPlay. is cumbersome in its own way. Like touch touch keyboards aren't the best thing, but it's better than using a remote. But also AirPlay drains your battery on your phone now. Yeah. So that's the other problem. Is I understand her point that you are you should be using the app on the tv for youtube but it sucks yeah, it sucks it's a worse experience yeah. and that's my problem is that no one and it's not just apple tv all of these set top boxes suck yeah and that's why none of them have taken off yep. and, and that's why the consoles haven't even done it that's why microsoft failed so spectacularly with the original xbox one launch with connect it was going to be television 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 remember that e3 yeah and they fell flat on their face because no one has figured out that UI. That's where I'm like, maybe, maybe Apple, with this TVOS initiative that they're doing, has something up their sleeves. The problem is, and Steve Jobs talked about this at All Things D in 2010 before he passed away. It's He described the television industry like the Tower of Babel. There's so many carriers. Yeah. And there's no global carrier. It's, it's worse than the phone market was. But what if Apple did something similar to what they did with the phone and they partnered with someone? And what happened last year with AT&T buying DirecTV, I think, opened the door. Because now you have a global satellite network. Yeah. And a DSL network nationally. Yeah, I could see that. Where Apple could flip the switch with them. Apple could have been like, look, let us do the UI and the hardware. You take care of the bandwidth. Right. Just like they did with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And AT&T took a huge risk on them at that moment. Yeah. I, well, I remember I've been a Verizon customer for 14 years, and it was a big deal when I could finally get an iPhone. Because I didn't want to switch. I had all my friends and family on Verizon. Sure. And so AT&T, they took that big risk, but it paid off because for a while they were the premier iPhone provider. Yeah, it was the only place in America you could have an iPhone. Yep. And everyone wanted an iPhone, but you had a ton of switchers. Yep. So, yeah, you have this – I think there's a door because AT&T and DirecTV are not market share leaders. So it would fit. It kind of makes sense Yeah, that Apple would create a set-top box that only works with DirecTV or only works with AT&T. So where do you see this fitting in with Apple TV? Does this supplant Apple TV? Is it – it becomes its Apple TV is a service yeah. that only works with AT&T. Okay. Is what I think would happen. And mm-hmm. Apple makes the boxes. And that would be a shot across the bow of Cisco and yeah. you know with their Scientific American monopoly and Motorola with whatever left they have of the cable box market. Uh but yeah, I think it would be interesting to see Apple not try to disrupt the television market, the actual screen, but disrupt the UI. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a low risk thing for them to do. So that's another thing that I, th- that I think those are the two more likely things that they could announce that I think would still be worthy of a one more thing. And it's something that, uh, you know, going into like leading into the, his his death, I think Steve Jobs was really passionate about fixing television. Mm-hmm. Um, but Apple is really good about one thing. If they work on something and they see 
any kind of any kind of red flag they stop they're like we're not going to make they don't want to make a virtual boy you know they don't want to make uh they don't want another mobile me to happen they try not to have huge flops especially in hardware especially in new hardware you know so they're really i think the mac pro is probably the most recent one you know the trash can design that's probably the most recent flop but that was in their smallest division mm-hmm. that's the smallest component of their pc division which is still their smallest segment of revenue yeah you know you have iphone ipad max um so yeah i don't know i'm just hopeful that they do something you know and i know that on the other side there's a lot of reason to think that they don't you know you look at you look at things and you're like my Mac with its stupid USB-C for courage, right? Right. And uh, the amount of dongles that I, the, the, they had to make it that much thinner. And in doing so, they threw out uh, SD card readers, you know, and they threw out things that would be so useful. It's like they constantly thumb their nose at their core users, the graphics designers of the world, the video editors of the world, the musicians of the world that really – if you look at the resurgence in the 90s and the early 2000s with the iPod even, musicians helped Apple a big in a big way. So did Hollywood. Yeah. It helped having Steve Jobs straddling Pixar and Apple at the time. Yeah. And he had he was the largest shareholder of Disney when he passed away. So it's like when you look at that there's no doubt that the company is in different condition now without him than it was when he was there. And there's the attention to detail I don't think Apple Maps would have shipped with iPhone 5 if he were alive. Right. You know, I don't know if Apple Music would have supplanted the iPod app. That's crazy to me. That they threw out the product that saved them. I loved that app. That was the best app. Yeah. It was fast. It was easy to use. It had the genius of the iPod UI. Yep. So when I see these these things, and I wrote about this earlier this year when I when I sold my Apple stock, um, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned with them, mm-hmm. and how they operate. You know, it's it's it is, but knowing this company and its history, it feels like they're distracted, like they're working on something else, and they're spending all their time on this new thing and getting that new thing right. They know that you're going to buy the iPhone. Regardless of if it's like the OS sucks or not, right? Because you're in, yeah. You know, well, we we've talked about and it's that attitude they had with iPod, yeah, yeah. And we've talked a lot about what 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 might we expect to see realistically. <clears throat> Do you think it's possible that there isn't a one more thing that they that they plan to make the iPhone eight not a step but a big jump forward, mm-hmm. and that's and that's it. That's the big event. Or do you think they need? I think I guess I'm asking what are the odds that they just that it's just a big iPhone 8 coming out party huge upgrade but that's the focus. I think that's very likely. I I think that if it is a breakthrough AR product on its own that's impressive. But at the same time if you you this is the one chance you have yep to show something off for the first time at this place. Yeah. It sets a precedent. And if you don't have something new to show you, show everyone, 
what is this ramp up in R&D that we've seen for the last three years? Yeah. Well, that doesn't make any sense. They've gone from spending a couple billion to like 10 billion a year in research and development. There was the rumored Apple car, which I think was a red herring. You know, there's like all these things that have popped up over the years. All these patents. Right. You know, where it's like, I don't know, man. I, 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 I would say that it's a coin flip. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's 50-50. There's a 50% chance all we get is a really cool iPhone. And, you know, the other question is, what are they going to call the iPhone? Because technically, this should be the iPhone 7S. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I think we're in an S year. But. but according to Google Trends, everyone cares about iPhone 8. Yeah. Right? And all the rumors are about iPhone 8. So is it a situation where we're going to see, like, an iPhone S, an iPhone SE, an iPhone S, uh, S Plus... And then an iPhone eight. I mean that. I I guess that makes sense because I know during the the S years, people are I think a little less enthusiastic because it's more just an upgrade to last year's. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are like, all right, I'm gonna I'll buy every other year. I'll get the mm -hmm. new numbered iPhone. A lot of the time, people do every other year because every two years you get you used to get subsidies. Yeah. Now you don't. Yeah, that's yeah. why I used to upgrade every year. Yeah. yeah. Every other year you had a subsidy, and now mm -hmm. we don't. Um. But yeah, it's. And there's rumors that it could cost up to $1,000 for this thing. Yes. So, I mean, all these rumors are, they're just that. Apple has said jack shit this year. Mm -hmm. It's been oddly quiet from that company. The other reason why I said that there might, that this is, there's probably more of a chance of one more thing this year than ever before. If you look at WWDC, they showed us everything. They said, here's a new uh, MacBook. Here's a new MacBook Pro. Here's a new MacBook Air. Here's a new iPad. Here's a new HomePod. Here's the new iMac. Here's the new iMac 5K. And here's the new iMac Pro that can yeah. run VR. So it's like, what else do they have to show uh, us? Yeah, it was like a whole lineup of, of here's the next one of all of these things that you already know. Right? Yeah. So if usually they save some of that for the fall. Yeah. Usually they would have saved the iPad refresh for the fall closer to Christmas. They did it right at WWDC. It's like they treat iPad like Mac now. They don't even act like it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's because it's not growing. Yeah. Um, or it hadn't. It's It's been choppy for them the past few years. I think they sell about, on a, in a good quarter, they sell like 15 million units, mm -hmm. which is still amazing. Yeah. I think Oculus would kill for those numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Now, I, I just, I wanted to talk about this because it's something that's really i care about it's something that i think a lot of people are interested in i'm excited about it as someone like i like i said i i appreciate and, and respect apple but i'm more of a casual user but i am more excited this year because i just someone who who likes tech you can kind of feel the rumblings there's a lot of anticipation around this it's like you know it's funny going kind of transitioning back to pax real quick and even QuakeCon and just everywhere i've been this summer mm -hmm. nintendo switch is secretly killing it this year yeah no one wants to talk about it. It's been a very slow process of getting third-party publishers. It's almost like you can hear them saying, like, oh, all right. You know, like, they don't really want to, but the mm -hmm. numbers don't lie. Yeah. And it's like, I think we're going to see – I think Switch is, is here to stay. It's, yep. a, it's a success. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's – right now, I can't think of any other story in consumer electronics other than Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Like, I don't think Fitbit's struggling – GoPro's having a terrible year. They had their failed drone, you know, project that they tried to do. Mm -hmm. um, like who, 
if you look around consumer electronics right now, who's doing anything that's really what other product are people waiting in line for? Yeah, I think months it's just, after launch, it's just Switch right now. So yeah, it's either Apple's just like, okay, Nintendo, you do your thing, or Apple sees that and they're like, yeah, well, we got something too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like there's, and it kind of going back to this conversation about Apple and even Nintendo, both these very very charismatic CEOs passed away. Mm-hmm. We had Iwata-san pass away a few years ago, mm-hmm. and we had Jobs pass away six years ago. Right. And we're seeing Switch, which was his idea, you know, Mr. Iwata's idea, yeah. come to fruition, and he's dead. Yep. How do people not think it's possible for Steve Jobs to have not left anything on the bench? Yep. Anything on his virtual shelf that he used to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that's my bet. And I I feel like if it was as big as, uh, you know, all these prognostications seem to indicate, it's something that they really did have to ramp up R&D for and put a lot of of time into it. Yeah. And, you know, even if it is just an iPhone at the announcement, I'm excited to see this auditorium. I'm excited to see the auditorium because I imagine it's going to be beautiful. But I, but even on that note, like I, I don't think this year. I think even if it is just an iPhone, it won't be just an iPhone. I think we're we're due for a big upgrade. Like if uh, because because of the stage where they're going to debut it, it's yeah. not just gonna. This isn't just the next year. Not not at this venue. No, they would have waited. I I I don't. I I can't. I can't think that they are taking this lightly. Right. You know. It means something. They put it on the damn invite. Yeah. Let's meet at our place for the first presentation ever at Steve Jobs Theater. You don't put that on the freaking invite. Yeah. If you're going to suck. If it's just going to be like a fucking pink iPhone. You don't do that. <laughs> the pink iPhone. Yeah. No, I agree. Steve Jobs rule of marketing. If a product's been been around for over five years, make a pink one. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he He's guilty of all this shit. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Jobs, like people like to call him an innovator. I think he's just a great businessman. Yeah, you know he he understood business. He understood making consumer electronics, making things that were intuitive, making people the things people cared about. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't think they've completely forgotten that. This will be that moment for me because he would not have people come to this new place and not show them something new. It it can't just be an iPhone, and if it is, I'm selling every last anything that i have in apple and i'm like goodbye all right i am yeah yeah i I will because when i sold my shares this is an this is this little stock information but when i sold my shares i bought call options that expire in 2019 it's called stock replacement Mm -hmm. so i have the exact same exposure to the upside above 136 i think it's 159 right now so i'm making money on those Mm -hmm. if all they have is another iphone and let's say it's not the greatest thing ever. I don't see, I, I see a very tough road ahead for them. This is a company that has to jump curves because they, it, it's the largest company in the world. And you can't just keep coasting on one product. Yeah. Look what that did to Sony, you know, with their Walkman and the Discman, you know, and TV, right? I think that gives merit to your to your uh, your idea that they might be doing something with television because I was thinking about while you were talking I was thinking that you know Apple jumped into the music business at a point where 
uh, music playing, you know, the music was doing great, but the means of playing it was kind of stagnating and a little bit pell-mell. And it also, it was a, it was a very disruptive time for piracy. Yes. You know, and we're seeing this same thing in television to a lesser extent (coughs) where people are, they really are, you know, there's, you just said it, you cut the cord. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are. It's not because we don't like live television. It's because we don't want to pay for 500 channels. Right. And that's not that crazy disruptive. I've, I've, I talked to Eddie Q about this at uh, Code Media this year. He's a senior vice president of content at Apple, I think. <coughs> Where I was like, why can't you just give us a skinny bundle? Why can't you give us a, a la carte programming? Yeah. What's holding it back? It's got to be money. So it's like the company with 200 billion on the balance sheet might be a good company to do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's my hope at least. So so uh, I mean I'm looking forward to it. When is this? Is this September 12th? Yes. Next Tuesday. Mhm. Okay. I'm thinking of live streaming it. That might be fun. Like live streaming my reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should do that. I think that's a good idea. Talk over it. Yeah, and I would just be like screaming when they don't <laughs> screaming if they do screaming if they don't you're gonna be you're gonna be excited i will be an emotional mess if yeah. they actually do one more thing yeah I, I you have to how can you not yeah no i think i think you've laid out all the reasons for why they not only should but need to yeah i'm glad we didn't have greg on this episode greg would have just been riling you up <laughs> right now yeah greg feeds on misery he also loves making people who are excited feel stupid for being excited about things. Uh, look, I survived his trolling about the Resident Evil 2 remake, or lack thereof. <laughs> All of E3. E3. By the way, you're going to TGS in a couple of weeks. You're mm-hmm. going to have to, like, I don't care what time of day it is. If you see anything, I need to know about it. RE2? Yeah. I mean, who do I talk to? Capcom? Yeah, Capcom. Okay. Yeah. Bixo, show me your Resident Evil 2 remastered. Yeah, it's here. One, th- they remastered RE1, what, like three years ago? Two years ago? So they they remade it in 2002 on GameCube. Yeah. And they remastered that version, and that came out in January 2015. And, and then, they said they said in August 2015, based on the fantastic sales of that one, they were not only going to remaster RE0. <laughs> here we go. I'm off and running. They were not only going <laughs> to... Come on. No, don't no, be, go. All go. right. No, they, they're not only going to remaster re0 which is the same engine but they greenlit uh the re2 remake they've said like we are working on it and mm-hmm. when they did that when they announced they put out a youtube video and they said all we have to show you right now is the logo which we've been using for this game since 1998 but we are working on it <laughs> and the thing is just within the past couple months after e3 because a lot of people including me i wrote an article about games that were conspicu- conspicuously absent specifically because i needed to to harp about resident evil 2 not being there mm-hmm uh, you know, a lot of people looked into it. Someone talked to Capcom, and they said, actually, it'll be done sooner than you think. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, okay, for th- for the past three Resident Evil games, RE1 Remaster, Zero Remaster, and Seven, all those games have come out in January, the past th- uh, three years. If they're going to stick to that schedule with this game, we haven't seen so much as a screenshot. I feel like they have to show it off and announce it, uh, like announce a release date at either Tokyo Game Show or PlayStation Experience, because Resident Evil has always been associated with the PlayStation brand. Yeah. Except for the Nintendo deal. 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if it doesn't come out in January, if they need more time, fine. But I, I need to see a screenshot, better yet, a trailer at yeah. this point. I think you have a much better chance of that game coming to existence than I do F-Zero ever happening again. Uh, yeah, it's looking that way, man. That's really sad. Because Mario Kart is like, I think I think we talked, you and I talked about this on the podcast, but like mm-hmm. they're kind of putting not, they're not putting all their eggs in one basket, but they are putting like bunches of eggs in baskets you know they're looking at oh well we have mario kart so that's our racing game now because it's huge and it's huge again since mario kart 8 deluxe is justifiably doing well it's a great game yeah it's a great game. it was great on wii u Mm -hmm. i loved it three years ago but yeah yeah like f-zero and the thing is i think you can distinguish them because f-zero is all about raw speed but then what was it a couple years ago when they rolled out the the Mario Kart 8 DLC for Wii U that added 200 CC. I remember thinking, "Oh, this is F Zero mode." No, and it, it's not. But I bet you that's <laughs> how they look at it. Like, well, it's really fast, so no, 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 no. I want an F Zero sequel as well. I'm saying this is probably I, I, Nintendo. You will never. No. no, no, they're gonna do it. Okay, they have to believe because courage. There's weapons in cart. It's not a pure racer. No, it's not. No one who loves racers can sit there and be like, yeah, kart's fair with the blue shell and the bullet bill but and just the to star. Play, just to play devil's advocate, what about, what is it, time trial mode where you only get, I think you get three mushrooms to start. There are you no still items. have three mushrooms. Yeah, you still have three mushrooms. Come on. Yeah. No power-ups going hundreds of kilometers an hour. Yeah thousands at times when you hit the boost i'm with that you. is a you know it's like a twitch racer yeah and on this system it would be awesome like gx oh, yeah. f-zero gx was gorgeous one of the more difficult games the the thing is like mario kart's a baby game compared to f-zero okay okay great it is yeah no yeah it yeah. is yeah. compared to f-zero try to beat f-zero the original on master i challenge anyone to do it it's extremely hard. Firefield, the la- I think it's the first map on the last cup. I played this a lot, if you can't tell. I think it's the <laughs> last cup or the first cup. It, or, uh, sorry, last race or the first race on the last cup. On Master, you have to go perfect or else you will lose. If you hit any of those little dots on the, you know, remember like the little mines, you're, you're done. You will lose. Nintendo is going to send you an SNES Classic to review I certainly hope right. so. Because I, I, I asked because you're going to have to live stream this. Yeah. You're going to have to recapture the glory of F-Zero. Here's the problem. And this goes back to me. This is a great callback to the beginning of the show. I suck at video games now. When I was playing F-Zero, yeah. well, how old was I? 11? Yeah, well, I, I think I'm day? 35. You're 36. So we're both old now in, yeah. in terms of we are ancient. video game skills. Yeah, yeah. we're like... I'm, I told you, I've been out of the league for like 10 years. Yeah. So it's like, how am I supposed to... I, I don't even know if I could do it. Yeah. I know that I did do it. And it's still one of my greatest <laughs> accomplishments. It's something that... So, I think I was 25 years younger I was able to do, but probably wouldn't be able to do it now. We've yeah. had this conversation among my friends. If we could go in like a time machine, we take me from present day, me from like 26, me from 16, and like me at like 10... And all four of us played F-Zero-X against each other. Oh, Like, man. who would win? You would crush you. I know. I would totally crush me. Ossif would kick Ossif's ass. I would kick three Ossif's asses. That's right. But I would say, like, I, I don't know. I'd probably say, because the 16-year-old me would probably win. 
Yeah, you got the reflexes, and you had a lot more time to play video games and learn them inside and out. Exactly. And I, I was able to do Death Race and F-Zero X in like under a minute. That's very hard to do. Yeah. It sounds like Death Race. That does not sound... They need... That's what I'm saying. Is there a Death Race in cart? No. Would that even what about fit? Rainbow Road. 200cc. There's a Rainbow Road in, in F-Zero X. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. I'm I, just I, saying this is going to be one of the things that you're going to you're you're going to get your RE2. Yes, I am. I'm not going to get an F0, I don't know. No, think. probably not. And every time I see Nintendo, I troll them about that. <laughs> I I had this meeting with them. It was the the last day I was at PAX. I I left on Monday and spent 10 hours at the airport. But yeah, I I uh I met with Nintendo on Sunday. And they showed us Elder Scrolls on Switch, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on Switch, and... Uh, Not F-Zero. Fire Emblem Warriors, which is actually really fun. Okay. Uh, on Switch. So I got, to, I got to see... I wasn't... I was playing Skyrim very poorly, and Greg took the <laughs> Switch from me. And, uh, and then he jumped off of a cliff just to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's Skyrim. Yeah. It's portable Skyrim. Yeah. So that's that'll be big. Skyrim is trying to hone in on Tetris, Doom, and Street Fighter II's territory of being ported to every damn thing. <laughs> yeah. It runs on it runs on birth control or no, sorry, uh uh pregnancy tests. Pregnancy tests. <laughs> pianos. Yeah. yeah. It runs on it runs on MIDI. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think, uh, but yeah, Nintendo, I, I trolled them about uh, F-Zero as well as Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. God, there should be a Mario Maker DX already. This is absurd. I don't I don't think they're going to bring the Wii U version over because I really don't. You know, Amy would, would build, I love to, I bought Mario Maker because I love to play Mario levels. Amy wanted to build them. Mm-hmm. So we would lie in bed. She would build on the gamepad. I would watch on the TV screen. You can't do that with the Switch unless you want to dock it and use a Pro Controller or, yeah. the, or the grip thing. And I don't want to navigate the, you know... No, it's so much better with the touch. Yeah, or I want to use... A uh, yeah, it, it's so much better with touch. It was built... It was That screen was made for that sort of stuff. I feel like the, the answer that they're going to give us, which is going to suck for streaming, whoever is out there, please figure out a way to capture footage in handheld mode for Switch. Yeah. Please. I'll pay real American currency for that. I don't know that that's realistic. I think don't people still have people have had it's been difficult to capture footage of portable games forever. Yeah. DS. I think that's around the time video started no, becoming a thing. No, but they DS. they can do it. It's just that there's you have to mimic the dock. Oh yeah. If yeah. you can miniaturize the dock into a cable form factor, you could do this. I think someone did come out with that. Some third party is coming out with like a, a different sort of dock that is. is but it's is still a dock. But oh yeah, you still have to dock to it. It's just smaller or something. I yeah, don't know. yeah. I'm saying a USB C cable that goes into something that so I'd be able to capture while in handheld. Yeah. Because I think if you can do that, then Mario Maker can work. So the reason I mentioned is Mario Maker was a great streaming and YouTube thing. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you take away that aspect of it, it's not going to be as good. No. It won't be as transformative of the game 
as it would have been if I didn't have a bunch of nerds running my website and they could have voted that as game of the year. Yeah. I, I, I think that that is, <laughs> that, I think that's one reason they've been able to port other games like Mario Kart 8. That was a very easy port job. You just throw in a few Switch specific UI elements such as, oh, press A on the controllers you're using or whatever. Mario Mario Maker, I don't think that would be a simple port job. You've got to figure out the screen sharing. Because how many people are still playing Dragon Age Inquisition? Mm. And how many people are still playing Mario Maker? Yeah. And how many people are still playing Rocket League? Yeah. Those are our one, two, three from that year. People are still playing The Witcher 3. Oh, wasn't Witcher 3 was 2015? No. As well. Wait. Oh, yeah. wait. Sorry. That was 15. Yeah. Wait, Witcher 3 won over Mario Maker? Is that what happened? I wasn't writing for the site at that time. You're I th- right. I, I think that I probably, Chatty loves that game. That interactive book. I feel like it was Dragon Age that beat Mario Maker. Did Mario Maker come out in 14? No. No, that was 15. So, no, you're right. Witcher won. Oh, that's fine. Bunch yeah. of nerds anyway. <laughs> Either way, I remember it was nerd shit. It was Dragon Age Inquisition was So was this the staff that voted for this or was this yeah, Chatty? The both. staff. We had we gave Chatty one vote. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then yeah, we we do our own thing. Yeah. This year PUBG is going to win. No. No. <laughs> no. I don't I I don't even know what that game is, but it's not Breath of the Wild. I know. No, I'm just I, I wanted to start this argument early with you. I'm not voting for PUBG, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just we're we're the role reversal. It was yeah. F zero. You just sat there and said no. I'm just gonna sit here and say no. Well, no. usually we don't allow early access games to be in game of the year. Convention. It's gonna release in December though. Full Is release. it? I think. I don't know. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe on Shacknews.com. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure about that PUBG. But if it is released by them, watch our staff flip. No. I'm going to fight it. I, I used my I'm going to shut down the website card. Can I shut down the website? I don't have that card. No, you don't have that card. <laughs> the card's gone. You can only play it once. That's true. You 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 brought the ace out of your sleeve. You can't you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No, it's gone. Yeah. Like that card, I played it. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, I think it'll be I think the other thing you have to worry about Mario Odyssey is going to pull votes from Breath of the Wild. I don't know. I have not played that game. I didn't get to play it at E3. I think that will be a great Mario game, but I feel like Breath of the Wild is one of those games, honestly, that is going to influence the industry Yeah, for years. And I, I have nothing against PUBG. I haven't played it. I don't have time to play video games. I'm sure it's great at what it does, but Breath of the Wild just felt like a game changer in the same way that ocarina of time was in 1998 yeah no i i agree i it's my game of the year it feels like PUBG. the impression i've got is that PUBG. it's almost like a blizzard game where blizzard blizzard does blizzard's not original they take paradigms they sand down the rough edges and they distill it down to like its purest most fun form and no. PUBG kind of feels like it's it's that sort of competitive shooter like battle royale style thing yeah, sure. and nothing i'm not taking away from it but breath of the wild like threw out the rule book mm-hmm. that nintendo wrote yeah and they rewrote it like that to me is the biggest game probably of this generation no i i i agree i think it's it's hugely important um going back to PUBG. no it's not <laughs> it's not nearly a blizzard title because blizzard you mentioned it 
they polish and sand down things before they launch them. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they it's would never, like Blizzard would never, doesn't do early access. I mean, I guess not, but they kind they do PTR. They do PTR and they do free to play, which is this constantly evolving thing. Yeah, but it's not early access. No, but I. It's not like here. Pay us for this game that's admittedly broken. True. Come back later for the finished version. But I feel like, in terms of design, we're getting down to semantics. Because free to play games are constantly evolving. And if it doesn't work, you just pivot. And in early access, it's the same way. Early access games go through huge overhauls before they go to full release. Astroneer. Mm-hmm. That game came out, I think, nine months ago, and they haven't done a, a full release yet, I believe. No, and and so like they've I'm just, patched it a lot. They've patched a lot, and that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm saying. I like, feel and, like uh, I, I saw some some other games that are starting to look like it pop up. Yeah, and I think that's a danger when you're making a game and it's early access. You're letting everyone see your hand, and yeah. then other people start to copy. Well, I know so, System Era is growing, so for all I know. And I, I don't. Uh, they maybe they're they're working on Astroneer, but they, they might be kicking around other ideas. Who knows? I hope so, but yeah. I think they're very focused on Astroneer right now. Uh, they should be. They should be because that game's not uh, fully done yet. But. No, but it, it, hopefully, when it does release, they'll have it on Switch because that seems like a perfect system for it. Yeah, you know. But um, I, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm glad that we both agreed that Breath of the Wild is the game. Of yeah, game. I know, and I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's probably three, maybe four first place votes that it'll get this year from our staff. But I just know we have a lot of millennials on staff now, and those kids love their PUBG. They're going to argue with me if it is an early access and I say but, it's not eligible. But you know what? I think we're technically millennials, right? No. I there's refuse. a lot of debate I refuse, about that. Sir. Now I I've heard, I've heard that they're I don't like, like fidget spinners. I don't like fidget spinners either, but... I don't even think like I'm not down on millennials. I'm just I think this is this is interesting <laughs> that people are like I've heard I've heard that there's like young millennial and old millennial now. I hate this. Let's just stop with there's it. There's been I've never heard so much debate over a generation's term, probably because of social media being a thing. I want to be the Nintendo generation. I am a Nintendo. Generation. Right. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Right. Yeah. They're going bankrupt. I know. Don't let's not talk about that. No. <laughs> Let's not talk about. Let's that. not talk about the impending I'm gonna doom. Buy that is brick and mortar Toys R Us. I'm gonna go shout into the void. I'm gonna I, go throw money into the void on the way home. I'm I sure love Toys R Us. I that Toys R Us man over there on Whipple. Yeah, it's been there our whole lives. It has. I feel like that store. <laughs> nev- that store in particular. You know, it it caught fire years ago and it closed for a long time. Yeah, and they took their sweet time in reopening. And ever since then, I feel like it just hasn't been. Uh, it just hasn't been hopping. And I know there are other factors. Amazon, for one. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of stuff delivered to my door these days because living mm-hmm. in the house is terrible. But, yeah. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, for sure. Game of the year. Game of the year. Yeah. Other people are not having it. I actually am really looking forward to to not only our game of discussion, game of the year discussions this year, but just kind of across the board. Because this has been a pretty darn good year for games. You've got Breath of the Wild. PUBG kind of from out of nowhere. It's almost, I think there's a corollary between PUBG and Rocket League where this game just came out of nowhere Big and time. became a sensation. And I Look think that's my awesome. Steam list. All my friends that were playing Rocket League are playing PUBG now. Just today, didn't they announce they have a 1 million concurrent? Active, like concurrent. That is bananas. That's it's awesome. A, Good for that. I, I was on another podcast last week, uh, Game Enthus. There mm-hmm. are some friends that I met at Extra Life United. Mm-hmm. Uh, tiny and aaron mike and all those guys yeah 
um, we were talking about just that, like how PUBG with its million now million, I think it, the previous stat was nine hundred thousand or eight hundred thousand. They cracked. They had they were ahead of Dota two a few weeks ago. Yeah, and now they're like sustaining it. I saw that screenshot today. I think yeah. at the time, uh, player unknown posted it. Dota had seven hundred some thousand. Yeah. So the fact that it's pulling people away from other games, it's like it's a force to be reckoned with. It's not a fad. It's here to stay. Yeah. Even if ninety percent of these people stop playing it, it's a hundred thousand concurrence. Yeah. It's gonna be here for a long time. Lawbreakers would kill for a hundred thousand. Yep. You know and. Lawbreakers is kind of falling into the that Battleborn trap. Battleborn launched right when Overwatch launched, yeah. and no one bought Battleborn. Everyone bought Overwatch. Yep. Everyone's buying PUBG. Mm-hmm. No one's got money lying around to buy Lawbreakers. I think PUBG will also uh, kind of steal share away from Quick Champions, big time. Yep. It's 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 a hu- it's casting a huge shadow over all shooters. Yeah. The only thing it's not pulling too many people away from, surprisingly, is GTA, which is this ridiculously devoted. That's just group. that's a huge sandbox. That yeah. game is so fun. It's it's its own thing. Yeah. You know. And, but uh, our friend Josh Hawkins, he's been doing GTA role playing on an RP server. There's these private servers that you can do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. He he was a drug dealer one time. He's doing all this stuff. He sends me clips. He's going to uh, have a YouTube or a, uh, YouTube and a Twitch channel starting. Josh would make a very intimidating drug dealer. Yeah. He, that's a, he's a giant. Yeah, in real life. In real life that he's a he's a He'd big guy. He'd be like guy. a great rave security guard. Yeah. I feel like he's like he could make it in the WWE as like a diesel, like a bodyguard type mm-hmm. character. Did you see that picture of uh, the big show? In that Destiny promo, he was holding like a Destiny. Yeah, game. I used that for a yeah. Destiny Two guide. That I, I saw that. This I saw that. I, I was like, "Is that is that the big That's show?" That's the big show. Yeah, and Antonio the Brown, big, the big gun. It, yeah. It's really a Destiny Two weekend. Yeah, like you know, um, yeah. We should wrap up because I think we've been rambling for a little bit. Yeah, but, but this is what our viewers want. I know this they, is what they crave. They, you know, people are really liking this format because I'm not like. Here's what we're gonna talk about today, and boom, 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 and let's not run down. We're we kind of free flow throughout this whole episode. Yeah, and I, you know it was it was funny. Uh, the second episode, we really went on a taco tangent, dude, in a, in a big way. Was it brought to you by El Phoenix? I hope no, so. No, uh, I was in Seattle, so oh, it was right. Bro- it was brought to us by Tacos Chukas, which trust me, you would love these tacos. They were great. So, in the second episode, we literally started talking about games we played at PAX and comparing them to certain kinds of tacos. <laughs> so, we had, we had decided that Rocket League was ta- like a 10-pack of Taco Bell because it's like super American when you think about it. Yeah. Like it's got like explosions and fireworks sure. and monster trucks. And like, okay. It's an American game. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we were talking about what Lawbreakers would have been. It's like that hole-in-the-wall Mexican place that you've never been to, but actually has some good food yeah but no one ever goes because they don't know any better nope they're not even on google maps (laughs) (laughs) i like this analogy this analogy has legs so yeah like we were we on this podcast we really are straddling gaming and and tacos yep and this was a gaming heavy podcast it was but uh yeah i think we're gonna continue to do that uh it's been it's been good and uh, i think uh, we we've had some people shouting out to us on twitter uh, yeah. being excited about the podcast being back so yeah, we're excited cool. 
But yeah, about the tacos. This episode was brought to you by El Rincon. A fantastic local yeah. Mexican restaurant. I went to the one over in North Canton today. Yep. Delicious. It is. Really impressed. They're, uh, did you get, they, they give you chips and salsa? Their yeah. salsa is delicious. Their salsa is really good. Yep. I, I found that it's better when you get the chunks of tomato on it. Hmm. The salsa by itself is not as great. It's but, a medley. Yeah. You got to get, I, I almost want to be like more chunkiness. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just like chunky salsa. Chunky salsa is good. Right. So it's, uh, but yeah, the chips and salsa free. Right. <laughs> and they give you a lot. The food was, there was a lot of food mm-hmm. for not much money. Nope. And it was delightful. And yeah, there's one over on Main Street in North Canton, Ohio. There's one right on Wales. Yeah, that's the in, one in I Jackson go to. Township. I need to go to that one. I was just over in North Canton. So oh, you went to, okay, yeah, I go to the one on Wales. Yeah. I was over in North Canton, so it worked out. Yeah. Uh, sat down, really quick service, really nice people. Uh, nice, clean, safe establishment. Yeah. So, go to El Rincon. Uh Proud sponsor proud, of the Shack Proud cast. unofficial sponsor of yeah. the Shackcast, the <laughs> official Shack News podcast of Shack News. All right. But once again, we're just going to keep shouting out restaurants, and they're not paying us. We just love their restaurant. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Eurogyro next time. Okay. Okay. I, I'm saving Swenson's for an episode. Oh, I bet I, oh, I passed Swenson's on the way here. because I. Yeah, I mean, it's right by my house. Yeah. I live like 0.3 miles away from my favorite fast food place on earth. Yeah. Let's do, should we save Swenson's for now? Uh, let's, all right. Swenson's does have to be a big deal. We're going to keep that one. In the yeah. 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 We'll save that one. Yeah. Well, actually go to Swenson's before an episode. Oh yeah. Good, good call. Yeah. That's good what call. we'll do. All right. But yeah, like I said, we're straddling this food slash gaming podcast demo. Yeah. And I think people, it speaks to people. I think it does. And I hope you guys get hungry at times. I'm rec- we're recording time. this around dinner time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That is very true, but um. So yeah, thanks to all, thanks to really all three of our taco sponsors so far. Absolutely, El Phoenix was amazing down in Dallas. We're batting a thousand. Tacos Chukis is outstanding in Seattle on Capitol Hill. Um, El Rincon, hmm? El Rincon, and then El Rincon here in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's right. So yeah, those are our so far our three sponsors that we've had. All of them great tacos. I strongly recommend you guys going to either of them or any of them. Uh, yeah, and then let's do some call-outs for our site real quick. Go to shacknews.com for gaming news, guides, interviews, all sorts of great content revolving around the games industry yeah. and technology, you know, cutting-edge technology. Uh, Chris Gerard's been doing a great job covering tech. We had a piece that went up today about insider trading, allegedly, around the Equifax hack. Right. Which is just BS if it's true. Like, that's really unfortunate. Probably is. It is. Yeah. I would imagine it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people have planned sales of stock. It's, you know, executives, they plan their sales three months in advance. So maybe it was a planned sale, but I don't think it was. Wrong place, wrong time. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But either way, that's the largest hack in the history of the U.S. It's like 150 million social security numbers or something. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, who hasn't used Equifax? Yeah. At some point, you know, you had to get a credit report done. Yeah. And you trust these people. I think that's one of the first ones I used, like, during college or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, we get all mad. We get all mad when PlayStation gets hacked, but this is this is a big deal. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, keep going there for that. 
my doggy is getting mad at us. <laughs> She's telling us to wrap it up. She's telling us to wrap it up. But yeah, so go to Shack News Games on YouTube. That's our YouTube channel for Shack News. Go to Gamer Hub Videos on YouTube. That's our Gamer Hub Videos. Uh, that's our GamerHub.tv uh, portal for our interview content. That's more kind of around gaming, entertainment, right. all sorts of stuff. Go to GamerHub.tv to see gaming content brought to you almost exclusively by Steve Tominski. He's doing a great job reviewing stuff that we might not have caught at Shaq. Or he got a quote on a, a yeah. He was on Lawbreakers. That's right. Uh, promotional yeah. materials. So mm-hmm. yeah, we you know we're gonna you know we've been quoted on a couple of things. We have Tim Willits posting to our Instagram instead of replying to us, which was interesting. This is something I haven't forgotten about it, but I want to explore this in a in a Quake theme podcast because I do have a. A book size quake feature in the work, and we're probably like I'm. I'm thinking that's going to be an hour and a half to our podcast. We're yeah. we're going to go into all things quake. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll have to just literally dive in. Yeah. and be like brought to you by Quake and whatever taco place. Yeah, we've we'll, eaten we'll look at we'll look at our our quake feature and be like, yeah, we're going to try to run down all this crazy stuff because I was talking to Bill Lavoy and on Slack today about the feature mm-hmm. and just being like, man. I don't think a story like this has ever been told in gaming. Nope. It, it was a very tumultuous dev cycle for Quake 1 and 2. So w- one of the one of the parts I'm looking uh, forward to the most, to writing the most, is the development of Quake 2. Because it was such a sharp contrast. You had the, Quake 2, I think, is an underappreciated game. I think the campaign is underappreciated. I think the multiplayer. I think that's your favorite Quake, right? Um. You you played a lot of the I multiplayer. Pl- it's back the Quake the I played the most of. Okay, it's not my favorite. I think Quake Three is. For, yeah, Quake Three Arena is just flawless. It, yeah, it is. It might be the perfect game. But the the thing about Quake, Quake Two Quake is, two. yeah, it, it was so cohesive. It was probably it's probably the best campaign it's ever put together. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, that company was just. It was chaos through pretty much Quake One, Quake Two, and even into Quake Three. Yeah, like mental breakdowns, people yeah. backstabbing. Each I, other. I don't want to say it was chaos, as in they had no direction, because that's a comment that has yeah. been made recently. Quake had no direction. It did. It took him a little while to to settle on it, but you know, po- politics, politics. You'll find in any company. You know, I think they there were a bunch of young guys that had success with Doom One and Two, and they wanted to do something groundbreaking with Quake, and they did. And they did. And they're really passionate about it, and it shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's amazing is as we keep digging up these interviews and we talk to the John Romero's and the John Carmax now, uh, and and American McGee and, and Tim Willits, yeah. you're seeing this venom appear. Well, it's, it's old, old wounds, old grudges. Yeah. It's like really, it's bothering some of these guys and they yeah. went off on each other last week, kind of through our site. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't that we were trying to. We weren't doing a flame war. We were just reporting. I, I was reporting on, it. and th- and that is something I do want to talk about when we have more time because yeah. that was that was an opportunity to actually do some some games journalism, ass games journalism. That's for sure, yeah. and I, that's what I mean. Like you know, talking about Shaq, going back to the beginning question, Shaq finding its identity. Yeah, I certainly think us being mentioned on Kotaku and other websites for Quake news. Yeah, certainly sounds like Quake, Shaq News is finding an identity. Full circle, you know what I mean? Started like, as Quake, and this is Quake. the only reason I bought this site was that I used to come to Shaq News for Quake News. Right. I used to go to Sh- Pound Sugar Shack in IRC to find games. Right, that was what I was trying to find servers. Yep, that's what made me come to this site. Yeah, so it's like 
we are getting back to our roots. And like I said earlier, we're going to make things that we want to see. Right. You know, and if it's as silly as Charles singing Toto's Africa, or if it's as, you know, if it's me playing Mario and Rabbids against Rabid Kong, like we're going to post that stuff on, you know, or, gonna... or, or crabs writing uh, innuendos about small video cards. Oh my God. That, that was article great. is great. That, was that great. mini GTX yeah. 1060 article was delightful. If you haven't seen it, definitely go read that on Shack News. <laughs> That's what I mean. We're finding our voice. We're no longer looking at what people reported yesterday. Yep. And I think that was the most important thing I could have done. But yeah, it, it, we're still a work in progress. This podcast is a work in progress. I think everything great is, uh, you know, w- when you stop, you're starting to coast. You're holding still. Yep. You know. When I, yeah, I'm not going to stop. If I stop, it's because I'm no longer involved in the site. Right. Like, I'm going to be going as hard as I can until I, until I fall over and die. You know, that's yeah. just how I am. Right. And that's why, you know, I'm going to be... <laughs> Flying to Japan next week. Yeah. And going to... We've got a whole lineup of shows coming up. We'll have plenty of material. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of material to talk about. I like that we continue to do focused shows. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I think that's one thing that, you know, it's not just, hey, what'd you do this week? It's, let's talk about Apple this week. Let's talk about, you know, how awesome Nintendo is. I'm sure we're going to have a few episodes about that coming up. Yeah. And, and you know, if you were to ask me what I do this week, I, the same answer for the next, for the past two months, probably the next month is going to be quake. <laughs> just writing quake. Yeah. Just writing about quake. A all lot day. of quake. Interviewing about people. Quake, reading about quake, interviewing people. Playing quake. some. Are you playing some at least? I am. Yeah. Yes. I'm going back through quake too. I love that campaign. I think it's yeah. underappreciated. We should try to set up a, a couple of quake battles, like shack battles. I know around. a certain shack staffer who's going to have to be involved. Jason, in quake battle. Yes, let's get all the let's get all the newbies. Yes, let's just give them ride some pineapples, noobs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, so yeah, uh, if you know, we haven't already thanked our Mercury subscribers. So yeah, five dollars a month, uh, ad free shack experience. You help us stay in business. You help us, you know, it's 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 like our own little Patreon almost, but right. it also actually gives you something in the form of no ads. And we're working on a paywall. Uh, Greg actually mentioned this last week on the podcast. You know, no one wants to watch his top tens, and they just want a text list. He's like, what if we make that a Mercury feature? <laughs> so if you're a Mercury sub, you yeah. can see the top ten list. We, I, we've got, I've had some ideas brewing for that for a while. You have. Yeah. yeah it's something I think we're going to flesh out, and we should. Yeah. So now we, I have a, I have a meeting probably early next week about the shack redesign mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna start work on the the first phase of that cool um so yeah stay tuned for that thank you for listening god bless you guys for listening to us jibber jabber about games for this long uh we're gonna we should try to record an episode next week before i leave yeah we'll do that because then i'm probably not going to be able to record one in japan yeah i'm gonna try to just record as much crazy stuff as i can while i'm over there yeah man uh you know there's a vr arcade i want to go to <laughs> you're gonna be up at all hours while we're asleep and we'll be up with your oh i know crash. it's gonna I, be crazy I'm, I'm like i was thinking about that today when i was in the edits channel in yeah. our slack i was like god how am <laughs> i supposed to do my job when i'm like asleep yeah <laughs> and of course it's gonna be a point where you need a lot of help editing your quake select yeah so i'm like way to go awesome way to do it for shack news i know <laughs> I, and it's i i don't know i'll figure it out yeah we'll I, make it work i maybe i'll just be a vampire over there i'm not really sure i'm not sure 
Jet lag's gonna be. It's it's bad going there, right? Yeah. What are they like ten to twelve hours? I think it's like fourteen hours. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. I'm looking forward to your texts. I'm looking forward to. I can I even text them? And I don't think well, my phone will uh, work. Slack. I yeah. am. Yeah, yeah. I'll That's be on. True. Yeah, I'll be on Slack and I'll be on the chatty mainly from my laptop. I think because yeah. I'm I'm not gonna be roaming over there. Yeah, I don't want to bankrupt myself. No. <laughs> data charges <laughs> no so yeah these are things that i'm worrying about yeah we'll, we'll dig more into it in the in next week's episode yeah I we guess. will we will talk about my anxieties about traveling to a country that has nuclear warheads potentially flying overhead <laughs> uh but yeah you know i i think it's you know one last thing one more thing one more thing that's the name of the episode right yeah one more thing and it's completely tangential the indians have won 15 games in a row really yeah and I haven't watched a single game. You can't. You can't so, go to any so of these games. I'm going to leave the country. Yeah. Hopefully, that, hopefully the streak is still going on next week. That's the only. And I'm just not going to acknowledge the Indians. Call me if they win the World Series. I I won't because I don't want to bankrupt you. Don't even. Your phone. Yeah. yeah. I'll, no, no, no. I'll message no. you. The World Series will happen after I get back. Oh, that's true. Because October is when the playoffs o- start. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just going to. I'm not going to turn on TV. I'm not going to go within 500 feet of progressive field. Like I'm going to the opposite of last year. I went to two world series games, which they both lost. Don't even post the sad ass Asif gift until, because you don't want to have anything to do with the Indians until you're, here's the thing. Like I've posted it so much already. I feel like I'm trying to flush the negative karma. out. Oh, okay. Okay. That's but true. at the same time, you're right. Maybe I should stop posting it. You have to have a total break. Yeah, Clean best break. Okay, so I will stop. Wow, that's going to be tough. It's like my universal reaction gift. <laughs> it is. I posted it like five times in Slack today. You have plenty of, of, of Lola emoticons, though. You're going to have to just lean on Lola emoticons. Okay. Okay? I can do that. Okay. I do have a cute dog with a lot of pictures of her. Yeah. So. You have another week to, to use Sad Asif, but... Okay, so it's when I leave. It's when you leave. So I have a week. So yep. next episode... After next episode, I won't post Best Frank Firefly anymore. Right. Until after the Indians will, after the World Series. Correct. Because if the Indians don't win and this we did this thought experiment, it maybe it's not my fault. Right. But if they do win, <laughs> then you're gonna have to leave the country. Right? I, Every time I, this I just year. I, I just might never watch another baseball game. <laughs> I'll be really happy for my city, and I just won't. I'll just be like, cool. Awesome. You either do it for Shack News. You do it for Cleveland. Right now, you're going to have to do it for Cleveland. You can do it for both. You're going to be doing it for both because you'll be in Japan doing it for Shaq News while at the same time. Oh, it's. I I like to borrow LeBron's phrase Cleveland, this is for you. Right? Right. So it'll be Cleveland, this is for you. And I'm still going to do it for Shaq News. Okay. All right. I like it. Okay, cool. So that was our one more thing. It's really silly and stupid, but I am a Cleveland fan, you know? I, I moved back here a year ago. What does your shirt say? Cleveland, Cleveland or, or nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh so yeah, I am I'm a diehard Northeast Ohio kid and it's you know, a year in here, like I always went to Seattle. Lovely city. Very expensive. Yeah. Very crowded. Yeah. Horrible roads. I I honestly really, really liberal town. Really cool. Couldn't see myself living there. Mm-mm. At one point I was like, maybe I should live here. I'm like, no. Just the ease of living here. Yeah. You know, you get you're so spoiled. Let's not talk about this though, because this is like our 
This is one of Ohio's best kept secrets. Oh yeah, don't come to Northeast Ohio. No. It sucks. It's terrible. It's a horrible place that I'm. I'm really upset. I moved back to. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, it's actually awesome. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. no one will believe us anyway. That's true. No one believe. I could tell. I could go in Slack right now and tell everyone how great Ohio is. They're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, like Donovan, yeah, yeah. Mr. Baltimore Ravens <laughs> fan over there. Like, oh, ah. sucks. So yeah, kids today. I know. Good God. Yep. You gotta teach these people. Yeah. But yeah. So that's that's the show. I think this was a great show. I think it was. It was fun. Thanks for coming over to my house to You're record. Welcome. You know, we have a I think we have a process now. I think so. I'm five minutes away. It's it's not a long haul. No. It's all we'll, right. We'll figure out a way to start having people call in. Yeah. Um maybe set up a kind of thing where we elicit you know, I, I think we did a decent job with that in the previous podcast, the sh- the chatty cast where we did yeah ask the chatty for some comments yep um maybe we'll do something like that maybe we won't right maybe we'll save that for our twitch show Eh. you know it's up in the air right now. yeah but yeah this is we are sitting in what i would call i don't know like the shack news satellite office yeah in northeast ohio and it's coming together yep and you know extra life is coming down the pipe there's a lot of exciting stuff like I'm really excited about the end of this year for Shaq. Like, I think we're off to a great start in September. And I just can't wait because Mario, you know, ass oranges. There's a lot of things coming. Right. You know, so uh, keep going to Shaq News. If you have listened to this podcast all the way through, clearly you like us. Yeah. Go on the podcast apps. So go on iTunes and Google Play and review us. It really helps. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't review us, please. Right, no. Or just go on Chatty and tell us we suck. Yeah. Tell tell us on Chatty. Cause Chatty Chatty will Chatty will believe you. Some of them will, some of them won't. Yeah. You know? It'll cause a commotion. Yeah. And you will those, have, those threads are fun. You will <laughs> have, have done place. it. You will have done it for Shaq News either way. Yeah. So do that right. for Shaq News. Don't write a bad review on, on a podcast app for no. us. But definitely send us some positive reviews on there because it helps us go up in the uh, search results. That's right. And we are a gaming podcast in 2017 that just started. So yeah. we were, <laughs> yeah, I was joking with the other guys. I'm like, I can't wait to be rolling in that podcast money. Yeah, yeah. We've got an uphill battle. But you know what? I feel like our... <laughs> Our target demographic of gamers and taco connoisseurs. Yeah. That's our niche. It really does separate us from almost every other podcast. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a feature on Polygon in the next month that's like, what kind of taco is Mario Odyssey? And if we do, they will have done it for Shaq News indirectly. That's right. You know, but, you know, we're trailblazers. Yep. We sing Toto, we sing commentary to the tune of Toto's Africa. We make NFL films highlights for Madden. You know, we do all sorts of kooky stuff. We're going to keep doing that because that's what we want to do. That's what we do for Shaq News. That's what we do for Shaq News. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great weekend. And do it for Shaq News. One more thing. I'm kidding. That's it. (laughs) One more thing. Do it for Shaq News. Three, four.
and me.